Of course, you can see that we're celebrating Lord's Supper today. Uh, we do this pretty much quarterly, and I'll explain that in a few minutes. But uh, as we celebrate the Lord's Supper, it is certainly an opportunity for us to remember uh, during the uh, later worship gatherings, our dedication of the shoeboxes and the uh, Operation Christmas Child stuff. Chris Harris is going to come and share because she sent a Christmas box one year and tracked it, and 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 then she went and met the kid who got the box. So she's going to share a little bit of that testimony this morning, which is kind of cool. Um, and uh, let's see. Okay, yeah, that's good. I want to share with you these words because uh, David, who is is up on the internet computer this morning, making sure that everything goes out smoothly, uh, asked that I share these words. He said, the Pell family would like to pass on a thank you to Pastor Bobby, the fellow pastors, staff, volunteers, and especially to the congregation. All of you were kind and supportive of, of Jane and I during the past year and a half. Whether it was a conversation, meal train, visit at the house or rehab, phone call or text, it all had positive impact. All of you made Jane feel welcome, included, and at peace. This lyric, and David being the musician that he is, this lyric covers what the Lord and all of you have done since the gathering has crossed Jane and mine's path. It says, I think it over and it doesn't add up. I know it comes from above. I've got miracles on miracles, a million little miracles. Miracles on miracles, count your miracles. One, two, three, four, I can't count them all. You held me steady so I wouldn't give up. You opened doors that nobody could shut. I hope I never get over what you've done. Sincerely, the Pell family. So uh, David just, uh, obviously he still has a lot going on, and so he just asked that I share those words with you this morning. All righty. I also want to ask you to pray for Lynn Myers. How many of you might know Lynn. Lynn comes to us mo- mo- mostly during the summer months, but uh, she is one of the caregivers. And one of the reasons we didn't see her very much this year, she's one of the caregivers for her daughter-in-law. And her daughter-in-law passed away this morning. So uh, her son's daughter, her son's wife. So keep them in your prayers. So, um, also, this morning, yesterday was Veterans Day, the day that we stop and remember and honor and, in a very real sense, acknowledge and recognize the fact that we are so blessed to live in the country we live in. And I don't hesitate to say that, you know, and I studied history and I studied church history and I've studied, you know, into the antiquities because I was studying sciences for one time. I believe America to be the best country that's ever existed. And so um, as we start and as we consider this morning some things, I want to ask us just to stop and pray. Remember those who are veterans. And if veterans, veterans I know hate it when you ask them to be recognized. So uh, here's what I would encourage you to do. Go find the veterans you know and hug their neck, all right? So I want to ask them to raise their hands. Just find them and hug their necks. Let's pray. Father, I thank you and I praise you. God, that that you prepare and pour into our hearts those things that make us who we are. And so, God, we live in a community where, where we're just surrounded by those who give their lives for this nation, for for branches of service, but God, more personally, they, they are willing and have given their lives for us, for me. 
And so, God, I want to thank you for our veterans. I want to thank you that, that they defend and serve. And, and God, that they, they do it unselfishly. They do it sacrificially. And, and some within our own gathering here that, that have given completely sacrificially. And so, God, I thank you. I thank you that we live in this community, and I thank you that we are blessed. I pray for our veterans and their families. I pray for the, the, uh, the service uh, branches that are represented in this gathering and in our community. And I pray, God, for your blessing, for your care, for your safety, for your peace. pray you'd watch over. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. So what do you know? You know, that's, that's one of those things that you ask when you greet somebody, right? What do you know? And then we might tell what's going on that week or what might be going on that week or what we're into. You know, I, I, before um, Wednesday, I knew some things. Wednesday, no, Tuesday. Tuesday, before Tuesday, uh, you know, I knew that my dad had grown up at a time when, um, when, when he, he, he signed up for the Army. He went to a school thing where he learned how to track missiles. And this was in the 60s, right? This was into the 50s, into the 60s. And, and he served in the Army tracking missiles. And, and so we were standing at the hospital, because that's where we are these days. Uh, and he was going in for this test. And, uh, and, and, and they asked him, are you a veteran? And my dad said, yes. And I said, you track missiles. I didn't say that. And so as we were making our way from the desk to the, to the um, elevator to go upstairs, Dad said, yeah, I was in Vietnam. I said, you were? He said, for three weeks. <laughs> I was like, well, I guess that counts, you know. But I didn't know that before. I've known my dad, what, 61 years? I didn't know that about him. So the question of what we know is, is kind of a central thing. So the passage for today, as we make our way into Hebrews chapter 10, following on the heels of Hebrews chapter 5 last week, and, and the message last week being that Jesus is the highest priest. He is the priesthood above all priesthoods. And then when we look at the book of Hebrews and we walk our way through it, which we're going to do in the days ahead, is to recognize that, that the writer of Hebrews spends a great deal of time establishing the supremacy, the superiority of Jesus in God's kingdom. That the Son of God is above all things. That the Son rises above the priesthoods of, of Aaron the, the prophets, Moses and, and, and others, that, that the sun rises above all of the established practices of the Hebrew people, that, that, that what Jesus is is that Jesus is the supreme of what God has set out to accomplish, that Jesus himself is God. You see? So when we consider this, and we, we, we might work backwards from this point to realize that as Christians in 2023, this particular passage is not only an instruction, but it's a statement of who we are. So I want to share with you Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 to 25. It says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have boldness to enter the sanctuary through the blood of Christ, he has inaugurated for us a new and living way through the curtain that is through his flesh. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart 
in full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed in pure water. Let us hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering since he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to provoke love and good works, not neglecting to gather together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other and all the more as you see the day approaching. Pray with me. Father, again, we thank you for the opportunity of prayer first, but God, help us to understand your word. God, help us not to be like me, hard-headed. Help us to realize that it's your love that presents these things to us and help us to understand. In Jesus' name, amen. It's interesting, as I was looking at this passage and, and we skipped over basically chapter 6, 7, 8, 9, and they all deal with the priesthood uh, that Jesus, Jesus is, is not in the line of the Aaronic priesthood. Uh, Jesus is in the after the order of Melchizedek. And people go, well, who's Melchizedek? Melchizedek is found after Abraham defeats the kings of, of Canaan. And he comes from Salem. He is the prince of Salem. Right? He is the priest of Salem. Salem coming from the word shalom or peace. So the Melchizedek is this priest and prince of peace who comes and receives the tithe from Abraham after battle. Uh, there are those, and I happen to be one of them, that believe this is one of those pre-incarnate uh, representations of Christ. Jesus showed up and received the tithe from Abraham. One of my favorite classes in Bible college was, was to understand the Old Testament, look for Jesus. Wait a minute, Jesus isn't in the Old Testament. Oh yeah, he is. From Genesis all the way to Malachi, there's Jesus. It, 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 it is this arc of God's accomplishment, what God's done, the work of God, the progression of redemption. And so, so when we consider these things, you know, last year we walked all the way through the Bible together. And, and, and you got the creation and the fall, and then you got Abraham being called out, and you got, you got the, 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 the family, and then the people, and then the Exodus, and, and the, the, the pillar of cloud, and the pillar of fire, and it's in the Exodus and in the wandering that God shapes them into a nation based on their worship. See? He shapes them into a nation. And then he, he, he takes them to the edge of the nation and Moses dies and Joshua leads them into the land. And, and, and in this, God fulfills the promises of the covenant to the point that they're at. He, he gives them a name, he gives them a people, and he gives them a land. Those are the three things when you look into the covenant. But what's the final blessing of the covenant? That through you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. And so now we get to Hebrews chapter 10 where, where the writer is saying to us, therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have boldness to enter the sanctuary through the, through the blood of Jesus. So, so Jesus is this, this, this supreme. This, this is the promise going all the way back to Genesis 3 through Abraham and Moses and, and all the way through the history of God's people, which is what the book of Hebrews does. It presents their history. But guess what, y'all? It presents our history. This is why we're here. This is why we come to this table. You see? Because Jesus being the supreme priest, of course, the highest priest, but being the supreme lamb, 
unblemished. Because guess what? I don't care how clean a lamb is. It's still just a lamb. And the writer of Hebrews says, no, no blood of bulls and lambs can truly you know, cleanse of sin. So the whole picture of the Old Testament priestly sacrificial system is pointing to the work of Jesus himself. He's the high priest. He's the sacrifice. And that's what it says right here. It says, you know, we enter with boldness the sanctuary through the blood of Jesus. Actually, the translation is better rendered in the blood of Jesus. Because once you get this picture, the, the, the temple was not a pretty place. I mean, it was nice and stately as far as its building and Solomon's temple. But the priest would take this hyssop thingy. He'd dip it in blood. Blood! I mean, fake Hollywood stuff. And he'd sprinkle it on the altar. And, and yuck! Right? But it's the picture that, that, that the Hebrew writer is painting for us here. He says, uh, uh, we enter this sanctuary through the blood or in the blood of Jesus. He has inaugurated for us a new and living way through the curtain, through his flesh. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith with our hearts. Here you go, get ready. Sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed in pure water. Let us hold on to the confession of, confession of our hope without wavering since he who promised is faithful. We're saved in the blood of Christ. We're saved through the blood of Christ. We've been told, given instruction, but also to recognize what we have, to hold our confession of faith. Know who we are. Stand on who we are. Quite honestly, to be the body. Let us consider one another in order to provoke love and good works, not neglecting to gather together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other. And all the more as you see the day, what day approaching, right? What day, what day? We gather today to celebrate the Lord's Supper together. I want to invite Guy and Dennis and you guys, y'all come on forward and we're going to have prayer and I'm going to keep talking while they come forward and start to pass out the elements of the Lord's Supper. These gentlemen are, are our deacons and they, they lead and serve throughout the gathering and so... Uh, I want to give you this one caution that as they pass this out, I want us to be praying because Paul gives pretty specific instruction that before you come to this table, examine. Examine yourselves that there be no unrepented sin. Right? Jesus gathered with his disciples. He said, man, I was looking forward to this meal with you guys. Okay? So I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. I ask you just to spend a moment in prayer, just asking God to reveal sin and confess sin. And then these gentlemen are going to pass out these elements. Father, as we gather before you today, you know our hearts. God, you know the things that we willingly confess and repent of, but you also know the things that we like to hold on to. God, help us to bow and surrender. 
God, help us to draw near with confidence, understanding that you have cleansed us and established us in Christ. We want to give you thanks for it this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. They'll take the bread and they'll pass it. They're going to make their ways down the aisles and they'll pass the plates along the rows and uh, that way you can just take a piece of bread and then we'll receive the bread all together. I, I like the story in Luke where Jesus gathers and he says, he says, I have fervently looked forward to this meal with you. Well, they were celebrating the Passover. They were reflecting back to that night in Egypt when the angel of death passed through the land of Egypt and, and, and the firstborn died. Jesus became then that picture looking forward. I mean, the Passover lamb that they were to kill and put the blood on the door. That was the picture of what Jesus would do in our lives. And so when, when, when the disciples gathered in that upper room and Jesus said, I've looked forward to this, and then he began to explain to them as he broke the bread and he took the wine and he said, this is my body. This is my blood. Every time you do this, remember me. So here we gather almost 2,000 years later to remember. See, if you know Jesus this morning, this is your memory. This is your remembrance. Why don't you think about your salvation? Why don't you think about what God has done on your behalf? Why don't you think about the sin? Yes, because it's forgiven. But I want you to think about the life that God has provided in the shed blood of Christ. Take a few moments just to consider thought of this all my life as a young Christian and all, but kind of a simple thing. A piece of bread. But scripturally it represents so much. Jesus is the bread of life. Jesus in His own temptation was, te was turned these rocks into bread. You see? You study the bread theme through the Bible and you think, oh wow. And yet Jesus at that last supper picked up bread and broke it. And some traditions say he dipped it and some say he passed it. And it doesn't really matter the details. See, we, we call it the Lord's Supper here because it's the Lord's Last Supper. Some traditions call it the Eucharist and some call it communion. And it's all about remembering who we are in Christ knowing that we have identity in salvation, in the sacrifice, in the Lamb, in our highest priest. So as Jesus broke that bread and He passed it among them, He said, this is My body which is given for you. Every time you do this, remember Me. And Father, now as we approach the juice, the picture, the symbol of the blood, that it's right here.
that we, we get the words, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. And yes, the lambs and the goats and the doves and the different things of the Old Testament pointed to a sacrifice that would be made. And yet Jesus is the high priest who brings the blood. Jesus is the high priest who gave his own flesh and his own blood for our salvation. <laughs> and then he rose in victory. So God, today we remember. We remember Jesus. We remember his sacrifice. We remember his blood. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. I'll get the gentleman to go ahead and pass the plates among you with the grape juice on it and to consider. i share a story with you if you don't mind. I don't want to minimize except to say that I remember Whitey's grocery store in my, out back of my, my grandmother's house. I, I remember being mean to my sister before this. But I remember going to Whitey's grocery store. And it was one of those little bitty community Mill Village grocery stores. And I remember going in and, and Mr. Whitey was a very trusting fellow and he led us behind the counter to pick out our own candies. And I remember going back there and quite honestly sliding candy into my pocket. And I remember later in the day feeling so horrified by it that I told my mama, you know what she did? She made me go back to Mr. Whitey and confess and pay for that candy. Was it sin? Of course it was sin. See, we, we like to think highly of ourselves, like our sin isn't as bad as other people's sin. But all sin, all sin is an assault on the holiness and the, the character and attributes of God. And yet God has said, and this text points it out, God has said, I love you so much that my son, my son will die in your place for your sin. Can I tell you how personal I make that? God said to me, Bobby, <laughs> my son will die for that tootsie roll. For that thought. For that action. For that attitude. For that hatred. For that pride. For that anger. My son will die for you. And Jesus went to the cross for all my sin. All of it. So when Jesus took that cup, passed it among his disciples, they knew the picture he was painting going back to the sacrificial system of all of the Hebrew people. Of all the, the symbolism of Christ's salvation and redemption and the purchase of who we are, you see? They knew. 
They knew what was going on. They knew why. So as Jesus stood with his disciples and passed that cup out, he said, this is my blood. It's the blood of the new covenant shed for you. See? What a sacrifice. But even more than that, what incredible love. These were Jesus' friends. These were the guys he hung out with. These were his family. We are God's family. Thus, the last point of today's message, be the body. Be the body when we gather. Be the body when we scatter. Live this testimony and remember what Christ has done for us. Jesus passed that cup and he said, every time you do this, remember me. Thank you, gentlemen. Father, today we give you thanks for this so great of salvation that you've given us. And God, if there's even one person here this morning that, that has never trusted Jesus, that doesn't know the salvation that you've provided for and given for us, God, my prayer would be this morning that they would bow, that they'd surrender, that they'd recognize that they are loved. And, and not only do you love them, we love them. So God, let us help, help us to love people with a message of hope, with a message of salvation, with a message of life. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.